Welcome to Kingdom Light Church. We believe this message by Sean Basson will find entrance in your heart and impact in your life in a supernatural way. For more information, please visit our website, Instagram account, and Facebook page. Amen. Yo, that's a good testimony. Just on that note, and we're talking about being spiritual, we've got to understand, and I'll use the, the two examples, is on the earthly realm, we deal with rands, dollars, euros, money. But in the godly realm, God doesn't deal with money. In the earthly realm, there's money, but in the godly realm, there's words. It's different. This is more powerful. But when we're in this realm... We've got to operate in the natural. And in the natural, God gives us something called money. And he says, obedience. If he can entrust you and trust you when he tells you, sow and pay for that lady, or do that money, or do that thing, he can trust you with greater authority. See, there's a difference. When you can, in this realm, work with money, and you are faithful, and he works with that. In this realm, you can start using words. You see, God doesn't need money. He just says it. Because this is, let there be. He didn't need money to buy lunch. You know, Rob, when we were with Rob, we were explaining this. This is so beautiful. You know, when those guys started breaking off the piece of bread, he took the lunch, he broke the lunch, he blessed it, and he gave it to them. Listen, that's ridiculous. Probably, there were probably about between fifteen and 17,000 people with one lunch. We only count the men 5,000. Wasn't 5,000? was much, 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 much more. Children, this by me, sir. Met the lunch. You know, they probably broke off like this. And then, and as then it started happening. And then I realized it's not, it's still there. <laughs> then they started breaking pieces. You know, probably by halfway down, they were going like this. Yes! 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 Sorry, the people, in the beginning, they started off by like, that's kind of where they started in the natural. God doesn't operate with the natural thing of money. But He gives you something to train you in obedience. Because where it's at, you know, when we get breakthrough, it's amazing. But the challenge is when there's no breakthrough to be happy. No, let's be honest. Anxiety. You know, the Bible says be anxious for what? You. For no thing. (laughs) Yesterday afternoon, just before that end of that game. (laughs) No, be anxious for nothing. (laughs) You know, in the natural, we're anxious, right? We get anxious moments. I'm joking about that game. Jesus knows. Anyway, so (laughs) the context of that is from the natural point of view. We are not, it's impossible to be anxious for nothing naturally. Right? We have anxious moments. Those things that get us and we feel just the right, man. That I didn't squeeze no yet. All this thing squeezes. This thing's tight. But in the spirit, that's where it changes. That's where we sign. That's where we're going with this today. And and where I'm going to touch on. You go with me to 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to talk about this. But just finishing off on, on, on the mammon side of things. Is God gives you a little thing called mammon. I'm calling it little. Because he wants to entrust to you greater things than mammon. Words. I'm going to say that again so it will hit home and it will start going. God gives you money in your hand. He says, let me show you and teach you obedience. Because once you've done this and you get this, I can move you to a higher authority. Words. Hmm. Where we say, and it happens. When we speak, just like our father. Because what did our father do? He didn't calculate the budget. He just said, let there be light. He goes to Moses. He says, Moses, go lead the people. He says, with what, Lord? With a stick. That's not, that, that, that's, it doesn't work with reason. It's not a stick. 
What am I going to do with the stick? Just throw it down. It's a snake. Come on, what did he, he told him things like get to the ocean. Well, what am I going to do with the sea? Use the stick, Moses. I can almost hear the, what's that guy that does the, all the, the God voices? Charlton Heston or uh, none of them. Uh, Morgan Freeman, you know, this, this deep God voice. <laughs> Moses, use the stick. Like, why, Lord? <laughs> it's not, I can't even row across this ocean. Then I, I, you know, I can't even go Venice style where I'm just, it's too short, Lord. I, what am I doing? This is pointed, Moses. I don't know. He's just, like, I don't know how God speaks in your, in your head. Um, it doesn't speak like that in my, my head. But anyway, um, he doesn't operate with the natural things. You know, he sends Jesus to a cross. How's that beating the devil? We now know it worked. But beforehand, you know, it's nice to have retrospect. You need to look back at things. We, we, it's easy to look at the story of Joseph. Yeah, hindsight. It's like, just like, it's fantastic. Like, yeah, Joseph, don't worry. Are you going to be a ruler? But right there when he's in the hole and he's a slave and he's going to Potiphar, then, hey, we didn't know the end of the story. Jesus says, I'm going to die. Like, are you crazy? You're supposed to rule. We're supposed to fight. He says, no, no, no. It's not your way. I'm doing things the other way. I'm doing it. I don't work with reason. He tells you to give money to somebody when you don't have money. And the phone says, I got 10,000 bucks in my account. You're like, oh, no. Give me some of your money. Didn't God speak to you? <laughs> Open your ears. <laughs> and when God says, come on, do it. Give it. Because it doesn't really matter. I operate in a different realm. My realm is words. And when I speak, things happen. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about God. I want to live in that realm. I want to live in the realm where we do more than we've ever done before and not wait for, for a Bill Gates to change the world, but for somebody that is, that's you to change the world. Somewhere, when Dave said, I challenge you, somewhere you've got to dream bigger. I constantly want to live at a place of uncomfortability. Because then all my dependence is upon the Spirit. So just when we meet our budget, I go higher. I don't want to have enough in the bank. I want to have... I'm going to say this with all natural. I'd like to have money in the bank to do stuff. But I, want to, but I want to be at a place where there's nothing there because I've given everything away. Oh. You see, that we work the opposite of that when we try and like, how can we get the bank account full? No, how can we get it empty? What's the new project we're going to do? How are we going to go? I want to live at the place of uncomfortability. We're like, God, you need to do something because we're pushing ahead into something we've never been in before. We're constantly in this church looking for new opportunities to do things. You, you can come and sit in our meetings, you'll get scared. Because we're talking about big things. And it's not just thumb-sucking Ferrari little prayers. We're really dreaming about stuff that we can change the world. You see, but you're in strength, so what? Jesus was in Nazareth. <laughs> I don't care. I, don't, I really don't care. Because I... I want to see God do stuff in our generation that He's never done before. And come on, and you can be that. Like, yeah, no, who, who, me? Who, me? Yes, you. It sounds like that, what's that little thing that the kids, <laughs> who, took, who took the cookie out of the cookie jar? Who, me? Yes, you. Uh, <laughs> it's living in the Spirit. But let's go to the Scripture. Let's make it legal. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5, you know the scripture very well. Verse 7, you can quote it. For we sit by faith. We sleep by faith. No, we walk. That's really walk. We walk by faith. There's movement. By faith, not by sight. It means that all, all bits are off. There's no, no sight involved in this walk. It's not based on the natural. It's not based on what I can see. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 goes into this in depth. If you have the time, go read it. I hope you read your Bible because it's really, it's really good. It's a good book. Thousands have been sold. It's one of the best. 
top seller. You've got to have one. If you don't have, speak to me. I'll get you one. Second, First Corinthians chapter 2 says the natural versus the spiritual. He says from a natural point of view, it's always against each other. You cannot operate in the natural. God doesn't operate in the natural. It's always the opposite. It's always against what it is. I've got to live in the spirit. I've got to walk by the spirit. He says, I walk by faith, not by sight. It's not on what I see. It's what I entrust. He says, the scripture says, it's to your advantage. Got to say with attitude, man. It's not just advantage. It's an advantage. It's to your advantage that I go so that you can have the spirit. Peter, you have an advantage. The moment you got saved, you got an advantage. Okay, you got it. So... Are we better than, than people who are not saved? Um, no, but yes. Not better in the fact of God's love, but in the fact that we have an advantage. Oh, come on, come on. We have got to get an understanding who is our father. God loved everybody, but he's not everybody's father. He saved the entire world already in Christ. But if you are not born again... You have no part of it. No part of what this advantage is. Because this is, you were born of flesh, but now you are born of the Spirit. The second is always better. We had a first Adam, and then we had a second Adam. And in the second Adam, you were born of Adam first, now I am born of Christ. You are born of the flesh, now I am born of the Spirit. So because I'm born of the Spirit, I have an advantage. The advantage is the Spirit life. Being in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. But, here's the thing. So many people of the church world, of Christianity, are living in the natural and not in the spiritual. You know, their, their understanding or their decision making is based on natural things. You ask them, the, you know, so he said, hey, I've got this new opportunity to go work in Timbuktu. Great, did you pray about it? No, but the money's really good. God always wants to bless me, right? But did the Spirit tell you to go? Oosh, amen. Very, I didn't expect a lot of amens on that one, definitely. Relationship-based. Yeah, we're going we're to have a... That's it. Superman, same. So, relation-based. People, no, we're going to go into this relation. Did you pray about it? No, but my flesh is telling me definitely this is the one for me. Continually telling me this is the one for me. No, no, no. Did you pray about it? Did God tell you? No, we're going to buy this. We're going to do... Did you pray about your budget for 2020? What does God say what does God say about that decision, that decision, that decision, this decision? See, so many Christians live their life based on emotion and guiding by sight. And then we have a problem and then God needs to help us out of the problem. I want to tell you, and I said it a few times before, so many of the times God won't take you out of the problem is He's going to grow you out of the problem so that you never, ever, 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 ever get back to making the same mistake. What of that is of God and what of that is of sight? I walk by faith and not by sight i cannot operate in that realm because then i don't have an advantage the advantage is from the spirit so let's just get into this quickly i walk by faith and not by sight romans chapter 10 faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god continually so how do i get this thing going in my life how do I get the faith thing going? The Word. So, Jesus in the, in the desert is offered a piece of bread. What does He say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by, by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Oh, so He's talking about something spiritual now. So we have Word and we have Spirit. So how does growth happen? Spirit word. The word and the spirit. So how do I walk in this life? How do I have life? 
not from what bread I eat. Come on, let's just let me be honest here. I know it's almost lunchtime, so this is going to go down really well, what I'm about to share. You know, on Sunday mornings, on Communion Sunday, we always bake fresh bread. Who of you like that bread? Yeah, that's good bread, right? It's good bread. I like it too. You know, when that bread comes out hot, you cut it, it's still steaming, you get some good butter. Put that butter on. Right. Got some good homemade jam, apricot jam with still pieces of apricot jam. Am I getting some of you hungry right now? Some fresh, nice, mature cheddar cheese that you've grated. You throw that over that. (laughs) The same desire you just had for that piece of bread, when you desire the word like that, you'll have life. The same desire for the word. The same desire to say, Lord, what you are saying right now, I want to hear, I want to walk in it, I want to be filled. Listen, what is the most powerful thing? In the beginning was the word. The last book ever written is the Gospel of John. So John writes, in the beginning. Not in the beginning. In the beginning. And right before it all started. I'm telling you, who, what's the difference between the chicken and the egg? It's the chicken. There was life before there was birth. Oh, that's dropping already. There was life before there was birth. And what was the life in the beginning was the word. What's the above realm? The word. You want to have life in your body? You want to see things happen? You've got to pursue the spirit. I've got to pursue the word. I don't pursue anything. I've got to pursue that. It says it's an advantage, but we ain't using it. We're not using that word in our life. We're not meditating on it. We're not, we base everything on what we feel. How we feel about this. You know... We give a lot of good, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening here, awesome stuff on, on word based on finances. But I see still throughout the world, so many times, even this ministry, other ministries, everything's based on feeling. You know, there are certain churches, I'm going to just be open and honest because I've li- listened to many different YouTube stuff on this and different things about finance, that even what they do is they'll play certain songs and certain moods. To make sure that you feel good at the time of offering so that you can give more. Because when you feel good, you give more. But if we take all of that away, all of the emotion, all of the songs, you know that your brain is programmed in a certain way that if I play the right type of song about giving, 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 right while you're walking in your, your brain teaches you about giving. Now you're going to listen next Sunday when you come in. Is Sean playing giving songs? <laughs> The Bible says walk by faith. So you make a decision before you get here that you're giving. See, I have a lifestyle of generosity. It's not based on somebody teaching me something to get me fired up. That word's awesome, but it's not about someone getting me to believe in something. I've already got a mindset of giving. I've already got a mindset of tithing. That no matter everything else, that's what I do. It's not based on emotion. It's not based on how I feel. It's not even based on who, who asks me about it. That's a good word. I take the word and I say, thank you, Lord, that the word's spoken over my finances. So I don't stop the word. I want the word. Because I realize that every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is life to me. So when he, even he just reads Mark, I go, wow, life, truth. Soak it in. Oh, you may, I'm just showing you some stuff. Maybe you're getting it. This every time I hear just the word of God. We're sitting in the airport in Durban. And the guy walks in to play the piano. And he gets behind the piano and he starts playing. I didn't pick it up. Immediately Dave picked it up. He started playing, um, what's the love song? Reckless, Reckless Love. He starts playing Reckless Love behind the piano. And I goes, hey, did you hear that? <laughs> that guy's playing Reckless Love. So we all get up, we go over and we go lay hands on him. We pray for him. But there's something about that in the spirit that gives life life because he says every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is life see there's a call right now in the spirit more than ever before for the church to live guided by the Holy Spirit 
We cannot have fun church anymore in the sense of it's a nice nachatons fichanos aichau. God is like, Lord, what is what are you doing? What are you going to do this Sunday? You know, we're talking about angels, but when last did you look for one? Oh, we got hey, we got one guy looking for an angel this morning. I hope he showed up. You know, when when I go when I'm worshiping, I, I look for them to try and see if I can see them. I've had some experiences. I'm not going to get into that today. What I'm trying to say is we've lost our spirituality and we've become very much on what it is in the natural realm of what needs. I'm not talking about flaky stuff, guys, please. I'm not talking about being a space cadet and you fly into the moon and back. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about realness of what it's connected to the salvation. Does it have eternal value in what I'm doing? I love what Rob said. You guys were here with Rob. When Rob started preaching in Australia, he asked the guys to come to church and things were going on. And, and for a period, people just like, yeah, they came to church, they did this. And one day he just got fed up. He said, listen, 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 let's get, let's get this straight. Let's get this quickly sorted out yeah." He said, <laughs> he said, you bled for King George. But you can't bleed for the king. Of kings. You spend all your time fighting in the trenches, the mud, the blood, the guts. But coming to church when it's a little drizzle, we don't go to church. It's not about condemnation. It's about do we desire it the same way we desire that piece of bread when we listen to it. Something about that says, I need that word. I want to see God do something. I want to be around what God is doing. I want to see the blind healed, the dead raised. I want to see the glory of God fill the earth. Because when Jesus taught them to pray the prayer, I thank God Jesus wasn't alive right now because that prayer might have been different. Maybe not Jesus, maybe us. Our prayer would have been what we get out instead of what it is. You see, he teaches it a different way. He starts off by affirming your identity in him first of all. And the second thing he does is he talks about his will. And then he talks about your need. Do you see the progression of what it is within the Christianity? Is that we've turned it upside down. Is we want our needs met. Then we have our identity. And from there we'll do something for God. We've turned it totally upside down. Whereas if we're blessed. We know we're secure. And then Lord what would you like me to do this year Lord? If I have time Lord. Or is it about seek the kingdom First, we were talking at the, at the worship week about going out in the streets, ministry, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. That's the first church. What's happened to us? Is that still part of our vision? Do we want to see the world change around? Do we want to see God's glory fill the earth? Because if, if not... This generation will die out and God will wait for a generation who would want it. But I say no. No, 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 no. It stops here. I want to see His glory fill the whole earth. I want to see schools change. I want to see people getting healed. I want to see people saved like never before. I want to see our city change. I truly want to see God's word in every place. People turned upside down. Us having an effect on our city like never before and across the world be a greater blessing i can only be a greater blessing if i have something right i shared this in the first service the guys from bethel i was reading an article about them you know eleven thousand people of a city of ninety thousand go to one church called bethel and that church have had revival for for many years but sustained revival having an impact and an influence in the city the crime in that city has almost completely disappeared. <laughs> they have had to take the budget of the police and move it to other areas because they don't need it there. Does that sound like revival? Does that sound like what I want? That's what we want, but it starts here in this building. It starts in your home. It starts with you. It doesn't start with a big picture thing. It starts with a simple picture. Me. I've got to get the word in my life. I've got to desire it first. I want to have it for me. Because from that place, it will start having an effect on others around me. 
You know, I don't read the word for you. I read the word for me. Because I want it to have an effect on me. Because from that place, it will have an effect on you. If I'm just seeking it, I will be like someone. You know that this is the saddest thing right now. I hope it has changed a little bit. I haven't done the statistics about it again. But a few years ago, Sermon.com was the most visited website on a Saturday night. Because pastors had nothing to say. What, is, what am I going to preach tomorrow morning? <laughs> Sermon.com. I can pick and choose. What am I going to preach about? Print out the sermon, practice it, read through it, and preach it. That's not truth. Yes, God will use it sometimes, and by grace and mercy, He does. I'm not knocking pastors. I'm telling the very thing is that a lot of us do the same thing. You didn't read the word, you just grabbed a ticket. Scratch and win. No, let's know the word. Let's get into the word. He gets to John chapter 4. To the woman at the well. This is a profound piece in scripture. Because Jesus reveals himself as the Messiah to a woman. Not to his disciples. And Please, woman, just stick with me for a moment. From that time period, that was not known. It wasn't known to them, especially a Samaritan woman. And then he breaks something open to her that is still the question and the problem with women today. And it's difficult for me as a man to stand here to give something that is a truth. Women, I want to say, your identity is not found in your position in the natural. Your identity is found in Christ. It's not about what salary you get. It's not about, all that stuff is important. Let's do pray for equal salaries. Let's, but it's not in the fighting of it. It's in the releasing of what we have internal that's changing everything. Yeah, I didn't expect a lot of amens on that. Because naturally we want to do it. Naturally we're going to show the men. Naturally we're going to stand up. That's not what the, Jesus revealed to this woman. What Jesus revealed to this woman is the aroma of worship. Because a woman that was secluded went back into a city after she had an encounter with Christ and turned the city upside down. Oh, you didn't get that. He revealed to her the first time, if I have it correct, it's the first time the word is used in the New Testament for worship, proskuneo. Before that, it was worship to lay down face down before God. And Jesus comes to her and he says, do you want to understand me? My translation. Do you want to have healing? You want to have restoration? Get off, off the floor and get into my face. Get into my face. He says, I'm seeking true worshipers who will worship me in spirit and truth. True Pursuers of intimacy in two areas. Spirit and word. Okay, let's see. True seekers of intimacy in two areas. Spirit and word. We find people want to get really into the spiritual thing but not have the word to back it up. We find people want to know everything. They know so much, but there's no love. There's no spirit to it. They have no effect on it. The Bible says you can prophesy all the names you want, all the telephone numbers in the world. If you do not have love, you are making a noise. But he talks about spirit and word. And what was the scripture you, read, you talked about, sir? 1 Peter 3.3. 3. Let's maybe go to that. I feel maybe this will be a good thing to read. 1 Peter 3.3. 3.
1 Peter 3. Let's, let's read verse, from verse 1. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if you do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe that your chastened conduct accompanied by fear, talks about respect, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arraying, uh, uh, arranging, the, uh, arranging the hair, weaved gold or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, which is incorruptible, uh, uh, with the incorruptible beauty of the gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious, very precious in the sight of God. There is something about what God reveals, what Jesus reveals to this woman, about the inward. That when we read about that, we're not just reading about you, woman, we're reading about the bride. There's something about that inward aroma that fills a place from a place of worship. That is more powerful than the the outward adorning of what it is. He reveals it to a woman because this woman understands intimacy. And he wants to release that in the church of a place of intimacy that some men don't understand. But woman, when you start to worship, the aroma fills the house. The aroma fills the church. The aroma fills the world. But when, I'm try- when I move out of position, out of that identity that doesn't fill the place. Where am I going with it? I'm talking about the bride. I'm talking about you. So James chapter 2 says, Receive the word with meekness, the implanted word with meekness. That word there is, talks from a place of intimacy between a man and a woman. I'm not going to go in detail. You can get it right there. You know what I'm talking about. Receive with meekness. Do not resist the implanted word of God. There's something that happens when the word doesn't find resistance in your heart. When you are seeking it, desiring it, intimately wanting it. Lord, I want all of it. I'm taking it in. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God that brings life to you, that that word opens up to you, This Bible, I said it, I think last week or week before, means nothing in itself. It lies in many hotel rooms, and it doesn't change anybody that sleeps in that room. Right? We all know that. So where does the power come of this? When it's applied. When it finds entrance. When it goes right into the heart. And it becomes life. See the desire of this. Then it becomes word. Then it becomes thoughts. Then it becomes stuff I've meditated on. Because I've meditated on the word of God. I remember at Bible school. I'm talking about a guy by the name of Brother Lawrence. One of the other guys we, we got introduced to. Was St. Francis of Assisi. These guys used to talk a lot about devotional discipline. About meditative prayer I found that the church have become very much a drive through prayer place where we have a quick prayer and his mercy and grace have brought us through but how much of our prayers have become meditative prayers where it's all day meditating on him see but Sean I have to work you can multitask I don't have my phone yet, but you can drive and message. I know you. No, no, we don't do it. You do. I've seen you. No, I'm joking. No, we're not supposed to. What I'm trying to say is, you you can't pray and do things. Oh no, your mind when st- stuff is going bad, you think on that troubles all the time, right? You know that end of the month is coming. You wake up at three in the morning. What's the first thing you think about? That trouble, that bill, that situation. Has there been some of you who have been there? I've been there. 
You know that needs to be paid and you don't have the money for it. You wake up at 3 in the morning, what's the first thing you think about? What am I meditating on? The Spirit and the Word. The Spirit and the Word. It's when I start applying that. When I wake up at 3 and I think about that thing, I go, No! I'm not thinking about that thing. I'm thinking about Jesus. God, you are God above God. You are Lord of Lords. You just speak out loud, even if it wakes people up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me, let me explain why. Eve is confronted with the Word in the garden. The serpent says to her, question mark, did God say? Drops a seed in her heart and she receives it with meekness. He puts doubt into her heart and a question mark after meditation becomes an exclamation mark. So where it was a question when it was planted, it became a truth, a fact. You see, what she should have done is just gone, Whoa! Stop watching that game. All blacks are winning. Don't worry. Come. <laughs> Adam, let's just confirm about this. This little about to be Chinese chop suey serpent said God maybe had a mistake about this. What did God tell you, Adam? If she had done that right there, in that moment, not having it find entrance into her heart, it would never give life. In the beginning was the Word. Life was there before birth. Oh, you're getting it now. I walk by faith, not by sight. Because there is life before birth. There is Word before there is visual. If she had done that in a moment, everything would have changed. But so many times we go, we hear something, we meditate, but we don't meditate to mature it in the Spirit. So we make decisions and we live and we walk by things from the natural and not things from the Spirit. But if we live in the things of the Spirit, how would our lives look? How would our nation look? How would the city look? There would be nothing impossible for it. He says... The scripture he read was the man stood before him and he said, Jesus loved him. You know, how many times do we read that in the Bible? This guy is in the presence of love. He's called to be a disciple. Everybody else left their businesses and followed Jesus. Peter dropped the nets and said, I'm coming. (laughs) I want this. This guy says, so much to lose and leaves but what does it go on to say what is impossible with man is possible with God just listen to that quickly in the natural it will always be impossible to leave it all for him but in the spirit it's very easy he says what is impossible with man Natural. Leave all your things and follow me. It's impossible. Spirit man says, Oh Lord, hundredfold. Everything I give to you, you'll give back to me. Lord, whatever it is, I don't care. Even if I never get it back, I want you. I desire you as much as that saw saw me. Uh, That piece of bread. Lord, you are life to me. You are everything to me. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word. It's the spirit. I want that. Then we'll start talking about glory. The glory of God will fill the earth. I just, I think I'll throw this in and I'm finishing. Jesus is not coming back the way you think he is. He's not coming back the way you think he is because we've had all these things that have been taught to us for many, many years about him um, coming back as a thief in the night and 
this little thing and he's grabbing us. And just, that is absolutely impossible because Matthew chapter 6 about the Lord's Prayer was not fulfilled. So that could be impossible for him to come back. Because he said his glory will fill the whole earth, number one. And number two, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if earth does not look like heaven, Jesus is not coming back. If heaven has not invaded earth, the equilibrium will be impossible. The first time he came back from natural, the second time back will be spiritual. The first time he was born of a woman, the second time it's born of man. He says the earth is waiting with expectation. Romans 8, 19. For the manifestation of the sons of God. Will Jesus return? Yes. But he's not returning to a fallen world again. He's returning into a victorious, same as heaven, where sons of God are walking the earth. Where the sons of God are walking the earth. Where nature itself, but the Bible says, nature itself will be set free from corruption. Oh, that sounds like heaven, doesn't it? When the plants don't die anymore. Did you miss that in the Bible? Where the glory of God is so manifested through His church that nature does not see corruption any more. That death, he says, what is the last enemy? Death. It says about the trumpet being blown. What is trumpet? It's the prophetic voice. What is the last trumpet? Death, where is your sting? Grave. Where is your victory? I can't go on teaching on that right now. There's a glory about who we are. And we're worried about what car and budget and food and things. And we're going to get to a place we don't eat anymore. We're just filled with the glory of God. Really? Actually, I like my steak. No, I don't like the steak that much. I want the glory of God more. Or I don't even have to eat anymore. Because it's just the glory. Jesus fasted for 40 days and only at the end after he had gone through the trial, he then got hungry. But before that, he didn't need anything. He says, you will live by the word. You don't need bread. Oh, you think this is weird stuff? No, wait till I still teach you the word. Got to get this. The spirit life. Jesus, was Jesus a physical body after he was raised? They could touch him, right? It wasn't, a, it wasn't Casper, the friendly ghost. It wasn't Jesus, the friendly ghost that moved around. He sat with them. He was there physically. But he had no time and space at all around him. He walked through walls. He disappeared to people. He was on 40 days on the earth, and nothing natural had a touch on him. Nothing. But we want to jump from this realm to that realm, Without change? No. It starts in the Word. It starts in the Spirit. I, I, jump, I jumped a little bit further so you can get a perspective of where we're going. But he's talking about natural. He says, let us move on to maturity. Not again laying the foundation of repentance. Oh, so that means I will never repent again. So maturity means I have no consciousness of sin. (laughs) I'm not conscious of evil. Nothing. I'm not conscious of missing the mark ever again. I'm living in the spiritual space. In Christ, seated in heavenly places. Never again laying their hands for healing on the sick. Haba, haba, haba. Nobody's sick anymore. We just don't get sick. 
John G. Lake put the plague on his hands and it died as it touched his flesh. Oh, we can talk about many stories like that. I don't want to waste time. Just didn't get sick. And then the last one, never again raising the dead. Oh, if nobody gets sick, then nobody dies. And you don't have corruption, so you don't get older. Do we die in heaven? No. Oh, but Sean, my aunt died. Yes, she did. But Jesus did say those may die, but they will live again. But there will be those who will never die. Oh, you are, I hope you're getting I'm talking about maturity in Christ. I'm talking about spirit life. I'm talking about those things where your budget doesn't matter. Our focus is so on what the natural feel touch things are. That we we fixated on the natural. We fixated on what, what is the end of this month and this thing and the, and the politics. And Listen, I don't care who's president of this country. I don't care what happens to America. I don't care who builds the biggest bomb in the world. It's not going to determine God's move on this earth and the sons of God ruling and reigning on this earth. Jesus sits in a boat and he calms a storm. Firstly, he slept through the storm. He was so at peace. You know, I, I want that. I want that no anxiety in the spirit. We're like, I really don't care what is happening. I'm just so at peace. How do I get that? Not from my natural, from my spirit. It's like, look at the, this thing. And the, the moment I feel like that, I become like Eve going, what? Adam, what did God say? I don't have to do that. I go, Holy Spirit. Yes, sure. What did God say? I have an advantage. He will come and knock on the door and say, um, the doctor said, no, 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 God said. See, I won't let it fall into my heart about what the natural says. No, but the politics your job, this thing, the country, the economy, the dan, the dan, the rand dollar rate, Trump. You can go on and on. No, 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 no. What did God say? I'm listening to the Spirit. I'm making my choices based on what I feel right now, on the fear, on the anxiety of the thing, because there's a maturity that needs to come in the church. We're going to see the blind eyes healed. Death is here. Listen, I'm sick and tired of cancer. Aren't you tired of it? You know, I've got some other words inside here that ain't holy about cancer. Right? Who's tired of cancer? I'm just tired of people dying of cancer. Because I'm a whole fool. Go Afrikaans now, okay? Of cancer. I'm tired of people dying of sicknesses that is not of God. Jesus paid for it all. Didn't he? By his stripes, I am healed. I'm healed. I don't know what you've been walking with, but it's illegal in your body. I'm tired of that sickness manifesting in you. I'm tired of that lack. I'm tired of us not having enough to bless the nations. It changes. But it changes with the word first in me. It changes with me believing. It changes with me pursuing Him like never before in my life. It changes like nothing else, man. If it doesn't have eternal value, I'm not wasting my time on it anymore. I'll say that again. If it doesn't have eternal value, I'm not wasting my time with it anymore. I'm not reading anything. I'm not watching it. If it doesn't have eternal value, if it's not adding to what God is doing in my life, I don't want to waste time anymore. I watched a documentary on, on uh, Bill Gates. He's got a bag three times the size that he goes with him every single day. In that bag is just books. He reads hundreds of books. Do you think that guy has time? No, he's really busy. He makes time to learn, to read. And I'm going, this man has got no advantage He's just in Adam. 
and he's getting that. I got Jesus, man. I got the Spirit. What am I doing with what I've got? cannot have church the way we've been having it. We've got to go for more. We've got to see our nation change. We've got to see our city change. We've got to see nations change. God is using South Africans to go into the world to do things we've never done before. But it starts with the Word and it starts with the Spirit. It starts with that verse. It starts with listening to Him. You know where it starts? Will you stand with me? I'm done. I'm just throw this in about the eve. I've got five minutes, then it's 12 o'clock. It's our usual. Have I got my watch still right? It's almost 12. Uh, it's okay. You know, the eve thing is somebody comes and says to me, Hey, did you hear what Peter said about you? And I'm like, you know what we do? Because we are the moon genoot kijkers. Ice genoot. Okay. Okay, so we immediately want curiosity. He's like, huh? what, what did Peter say? And then I listen to a word that drops into my heart and then I start thinking, mm, what if Peter really said that about me? Maybe Peter did. Oh my. Is that eternal value? Somebody said, did you hear what Peter said? No, let me ask Peter. Peter! <laughs> you, you hear the person quickly go, near, 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 near. Like, huh? Then just shut up. You know, it's a very sincere, beautiful word to use. Shut up. No, you don't have to say that. If it doesn't have eternal value, don't listen to it. I don't care what anybody says. Don't come tell me. But don't listen to somebody else tell you nonsense about nonsense. Just stop it. But but I, I, I need to... No, you don't need to know. But I need to say... No, you don't need to say. You pray. You pray. And when we... Bible says, I know no man after the flesh anymore. Paul, Paul writes that in Corinthians 5. I don't know you after the flesh anymore. I don't care where you're at right now. I see you for what God sees you. I speak only what He says. What is the eternal value of what He has? But it starts today by saying, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my life. Holy Spirit, Lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. And lunchtime, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm listening. When I open my Bible, Holy Spirit, teach me. I'm listening. When I get into bed, Holy Spirit, reveal in my dreams tonight hidden truths, seal up truth in my life so I will know them more than ever before. Thank you for guiding me. And when he speaks, listen. Listen when he speaks. Can you feel it? Thank you for listening to this message. For more information about Kingdom Light Church and upcoming local and international events, please follow our Facebook page, Instagram account, or visit our website at www.kingdomlightchurch.co.za.